You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to be talking about business building basics for certified personal trainers. And I want to have this conversation to go in tandem with the conversation I had about business and fitness entrepreneurship with my cousin, Travis Ritchie, on this week's podcast as well. So let's continue talking about business. And today, I'm going to, I'm going to address some of the most common questions I get from new, new trainers. Most common questions I get from new trainers. And the number one question I get, because it's the first question before you get to the other stuff, is how do I get started? Like once I get certified, what what do I do? Where do I work? And I'm going to tell you, um, I'm not sure this is the answer you want, because I'm sure everybody's going to want to hear the answer. Like just open your own gym. You should just, you just got certified, open your own gym and, or go to one of these high-end fancy boutique places because they love hiring brand new trainers who have never worked before. You know, that's not true. That's not true. But the big corporate gyms are always in need of personal trainers. Big corporate gyms are always in need of personal trainers. And I'm telling you, it's a, they're great companies to cut your teeth on. When you go to these larger corporate gyms, it's simply the way to go because you're going to learn about numbers, right? Hitting your numbers. You're going to be given quotas. You're going to be trying to push towards hitting your bonuses. All things that you're not probably thinking about because you're thinking, I got into this business to help people. I got into this business to train. I didn't get into this business to sell, but you're not going to make it very far. Uh, I know I didn't get into the business to sell either until I realized that nobody's going to buy what I'm selling unless I sell what I'm selling. So the purchase of those things, highly important. That's why it's important to you. It's why you ask those questions. My what's next? What do I do when I get certified? And I think you, you do need to go to those corporate facilities because they're, one, easiest to access. Two, they're probably in your head already that this is where I'm going to work. Now, when I say corporate gyms, I can also, let's add in community gyms as well, like JCCs and YMCAs. Community-based facilities are also part of this because they're going to teach you a little bit about the business. And sometimes you're going to have managers, and those managers are not going to be good teachers. You're going to be told to clean weights and to put dumbbells and plates away, and you're going to be given uh, the, the, the opportunity, the opportunity to clean treadmills. <laughs> Take that opportunity. Bless you. Uh, and and I will say that for me, I, I took those opportunities seriously. I took those responsibilities seriously. So serious, in fact, that I, I cleaned all the time when I first started because I was bored out of my mind as a floor trainer at the gym. I was bored out of my mind. And though I thought cleaning was beneath me, I didn't want to clean. I didn't start becoming a personal trainer and get a job at this gym because I wanted to clean your machines and put away your weights. I just knew it was part of the gig. And then I had to get over myself and say, look, Cleaning's just part of it, but I'm so bored, in fact, that I, instead of just cleaning my zone, 
I cleaned everybody else's zone because I was bored out of my mind and I would rather do something than nothing. That other trainers would come in and say, hey, who's on the schedule today? And then they would go, yes, Rick, I don't have to clean my zone. Well, I'm going to tell you something about that uh, particular focus. And it's not that I did this for the purpose of building my business, but I built my business so much faster than every other personal trainer who started around the same time I did because people in the gym saw me. They saw what I did. They saw that things meant something to me. They saw that I was personable and I took it seriously and that they walk by weights all over the floor or just a mess and trainers leaning up against the wall pretending they didn't see it. So I, I, I saw it. I cleaned it up. And so I would be the one they talked to. And when they were interested in training, I was the one they were interested in working with. Also, um, if you join one of those corporate facilities, I suggest many of them offer complimentary or introductory sessions for new members. I will suggest do all the new member sessions that you can do. Do all of the sessions. Why? Because everybody else there Actually, let me, let me phrase it a different way. Nobody else there knows whether or not you're doing a free session or you're training somebody for money. And if you're doing as many of those complimentary introductory sections as possible, here's something very important to know about people. Mm -hmm. People like to train with trainers that train. You can put that down as one of the most important quotes that you are going to get in your fitness career. People like to train with trainers that train. So all the people that are out there training, when people are in the gym and they see people training, they're deciding between the trainers that are working, which one they want to work with. They're not trying to figure out which guy's sitting in the office, killing time, and the guy leaning up against the wall, and the one picking their teeth, and the one on their phone. And when I say the one on their phone, you know that's not true. So many on their phone in a different world, taking the money and just sitting there thinking that they have a cool job. They don't have a cool job yet. If you are on your phone, killing time while working floor shifts, you don't have a cool job yet. That's a job. It's not a cool job yet until you start working, until you start training. And doing those free sessions makes you a trainer in everybody else's eyes, they don't know what you're doing. They see you training. They see you working. They see you cleaning. They see you caring. You're going to get the business. You are going to get that business. So there's your, your getting started moment. I do believe that, that getting started in a corporate gym or community facility allows you to learn more about uh, just cutting your teeth, like training somebody. Nervous. I was so nervous for my first session. Uh, and it was the first free session. The first free session I did, I sold a 10-pack. Man, I was I felt great afterwards. And then my second free session that I did, the complimentary introductory session, still nervous. I was still nervous. Why? Because today we're talking about building business basics for certified personal trainers, and they're going to the basics. Now, let's talk about another very, very important concept. And the concept is, and I used to write this on a board when I taught business classes for personal trainers, 
and I called it the secret to success. And the secret to success, and that secret to success, and I covered, I covered it up, covered up what I was writing, and I then moved away from the board and the words "be nice" was written on the board. That's a secret. That's the secret to success. I'm going to tell you right now. Be nice. And in other words, care. Care. Because there's a big difference between being nice and not being mean. I didn't say, hey, come on in. Let's get you uh, a job as a personal trainer. And just don't be mean to people. Versus be nice to people. Because not being mean to somebody is when they walk in the door and they're going in to go to the locker room or go to their, their uh, you know, a cardio piece, whatever they're doing, and you're standing there and they walk by and you say nothing and they say nothing and neither of you were mean to each other, but you probably wouldn't be considered nice. Be nice. Just say hello to people. Just talk to people. And talk to them where it doesn't come across as if you were talking to them for the grand soul and singular purpose to try to sell them something. You're not trying to sell them anything. Just trying to talk to people, be friendly, be present, be nice, be kind, care. All right, let's move on to another question I get asked a lot. And this is probably once people start moving from working at a corporate gym or community facility, or they start building a business on the side where they're maybe training uh, people in their neighborhood, but they, they still have to go to the gym for their business. I'm going to train some people in the neighborhood, or I'm going to train some people out of my garage, or I'm going to go to an independent training gym and train a few people out of that location, or somebody, train, uh, somebody in the park. How much do I charge? What do I charge? if I'm going to bring people in? Well, that's, that's a question that people get bent out of shape for. And let's talk about why. People talk about this because it's very difficult talking about money. This is the reason why people are raising their hands in these classes and they say, I just don't feel comfortable selling. You're selling somebody else's sessions to them in a corporate facility. So here's the thing. When it comes to selling, you just do the best job that you can do and provide them the information. So if you're selling stuff and it's the gym's package, let's say it's a hundred bucks. It just makes math easy for me. It's a hundred bucks for a training session. And so you're nervous. You don't want to say how much it costs to train with you. You're just doing this complimentary session, this introductory session, an opportunity to meet, learn the facility, and then I can train with you a little bit. And then what I would do is I'd give a, 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 some time meeting and connecting. And a lot of people would do it opposite, where they want to get right to work and show you, here's the workout, how good the workout is, how good the workout is. I spent a lot more time in the office getting to know people. Hey, different strokes for different folks. This is whatever you want to do. But I spent time going through the assessment process. Uh, and this is the subjective assessment, the conversation. Tell me a little bit about you, what you do, your work, kids, family, uh, footwear. Do you sit a lot? Do you stand? Do you sit typing? Then let's move into the, the objective assessment, things that I can see. 
You don't have to tell me about it. That's subjective. Objective, I can see it. I'm going to do those assessments. I might do the overhead squat assessment, single leg squat assessment, a push-up assessment, a bridge assessment, shoulder mobility assessment. Let me do those things. And then I give you some exercises, maybe some foam rolling, maybe some stretching, a few exercises at the end to get your heart rate up. And at the end of it, I might say something like, hey, based off the workout that we did and the goals that you told me about when we spent our time together, if we were to spend an hour doing that workout rather than the few minutes that we did at the end, we spent an hour doing that. How well do you think that would help you get to your goal? I'm not telling them anything. I'm asking them to answer that for themselves based off their experience they already had with me. If we did that for an hour for 10 sessions, do you think that would help get towards your goal? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, hands down, absolutely. Some people can afford it, some people can't. It is not up to me or to you to make the decision whether or not they can afford it or whether or not they choose to afford it. It is up to us to provide the information. So we say, great, look, it's up to you. If you have the means and the opportunity, I'd love to work with you. Here is the session packages and I'll go over it with them. I'd, I'd love to train you. And then we might go over schedules and I might say, I'm not quite ready. And some people don't want to hurt your feelings. So they say, oh, let me think about it when they have no intention to continue because it's not within their price range. Don't put pressure on those people. If it's not within your price range, not something you can do. I get it. If you ever get the opportunity and you want to do at least a single session with me, then do that session. And until then, if you have any questions and I'm available, ask me your question. Don't be afraid to ask me. I'm not going to push sessions on you, but if you want to do them someday, then let's do them someday. It's just not now. I get it. And go on about your day, helping people, being kind and caring. Well, now I'm moving out on my own. How much do I charge? Well, what's the going rate? You got to know what the going rate is. You need to know what other trainers are charging. But that going rate is dependent on a couple of things. Well, this trainer charges uh, $150. This trainer charges $50. Why do they charge differently? Sometimes it's based on where they work and based on a brand. And we'll talk about branding uh, maybe one day in the next couple of weeks and why building your brand of fitness is so important. Your brand of business and that business in the industry of fitness. We'll talk about that. I'm going to build my brand. What am I? What are they charging? Well, they might work at a really hoity-toity place, and that's the brand of the business. High-end, fancy, people got money. And there might be another one that charges low-end, and it's a churn and burn. Get them in, get them out, get the next one, and you get a small cut of whatever it is that they're charging at any location if you're working for other people. And if you're working for yourself, you get all of it. 150 bucks is a lot of money per hour, no doubt. 50 bucks, that's pretty good actually in the grand scheme of things. It's just that we don't work 40 hours a week and get insurance benefits. So if we're doing that on our own, then it's a churn and burn. You got you to gotta work a lot. And so here's what I tell people is if you're on the low end of the spectrum and you're charging not that much money to people and you're building up your schedule, you need to start bringing, if you're going to bring in new people, raise those rates for the new people. You may want to keep them low for the people who, that that means a lot to that that's a lower rate. Um, and when do I actually raise those rates? And I, I'm one of those people that believes that, that every year 
there should be a, a little rate raise every year. And so the people who are working with you and been with you for a long time, they know it's coming. And it might only be, let's say it's the same amount that uh, a landlord might charge when they up your rent, two and a half to three and a half percent. Raise it two and a half to three and a half percent. Right? That's not a lot on on 50 bucks. Right? So two two and a half percent is is a is a buck fifty on fifty bucks. So fifty-one fifty. Nobody's handing over cash very often anymore. And if they are, um, I mean the extra buck fifty, I don't know. It might get you a coffee, but if you're taking credit card and that credit card payment that you have to pay is covering the two and a half percent that you just did the rent increase, uh, the the rate increase for. So you have to add that in there. But people also charge bottom rates. Now, why do they charge bottom rates sometimes? Because they are scared to talk about money. And this is what people do, because this is what I did. I'm familiar with this, is that I was so uncomfortable talking about money, and I also didn't make much money. So when I'm charging people a rate of, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour when I was a, a new trainer training out on my own, like that's less than what they would pay at the corporate facility. And I would think, well, I'm getting paid more if I charge 50 bucks than I get paid from the corporate facility. And they are paying less. So it is a win-win. And in that instance, yes, it is. But at some point, you're going to build your book. You're going to build how much you're training people. And you're going to want some of your time back. And I will say, be protective of your time. So if you want your time back, then if you're going to fill up slots, fill it up with people that have to pay more for it. So it, it not everybody pays the same amount. When you bring in new people, those new people come in at a new rate. And then annually take the ones who are not paying as much and everybody goes up a little bit. So I think that's important. And people, a lot of times we have a difficult relationship with money. Do not put that on your clients. You just say, this is what I do, this is what I charge, this is how it works. If you want to ne negotiate your own rates, you can, but you may find yourself in a little bit of trouble because there's so many rates that you're charging for so many people, it's hard to keep up with. So I'm asking you, try to maintain the same rates and a new rate for new business that are coming in that are filling up those additional slots that you have. Well, that might sound good, but then you say, well, how do I get those new clients? And that's the last question I really want to address is how do I build my business and get the new clients, especially not, not the ones at the gym. We already talked about the ones at the gym, talking to people, meeting people, greeting people, doing the complimentary or introductory sessions, taking that on and doing that for the gym. But that's going to happen. The same storyline is going to happen because it's the same plot. It's just at a different location. So meet people. If you want people to come in, get them to do a, a complimentary session with you. Now, I don't do complimentary sessions anymore. Uh, that's me personally. If you're going to pay for my services, I have built up a reputation. I've built up a profession, an influence that says, if you're going to take my time, you will pay for my time, even if that is for the assessment. Because the stuff you can do with my assessment is more important and more valuable than the stuff that you can do if we just did a workout together. So. Take that and work with people that, as you can. But here's the other thing. Regardless of what's going on, you have to be interested in people. Be interested in people. It is not just about their fitness. 
It is about their story. They bring you a lot of information. That story that they tell you is so valuable that you take that information and then you feed it back to them in a way that is palatable and it always comes back to their fitness goals. But you know their story now, so you gotta be interested in people. Here's the other thing. Not just being interested in people, but be interested in finding your purpose. Find your purpose. Why do you do this? And if you're not sure why you do it, and people say, I do it to help people, that's great. But there's a reason why people create niches in this industry. And it's because it's more meaningful and more purposeful if you have a niche that you can work towards. I work specifically with weight loss. I am a weight loss trainer. Doesn't mean you can't train people for hypertrophy or anything else. It just means that that is your focus. That is your marketing. Those are your clients. You've now taken a very broad story that everybody claims to do everything. And I think you should be able to, to an extent, but narrowing it down saying, I work with people who need corrective exercise. I work with nutrition counseling as a fitness professional and the credentials like the, the certified nutrition coaching specialist through NASM. Well, I focus on weight loss. I focus on people with type two diabetes. All of these things helped give you, um, allow you to uh, separate yourself from the masses. So you set yourself apart, but it also clarifies your message when you go into marketing. Here's a probably the most powerful thing that I've ever done in order to build my clients is I ask for referrals from my clients. I remember I didn't do that at all. I don't know why I didn't do it. But one day I was like, I guess I should ask my clients if they know anybody that would be interested in training with me. And so I sent messages out to all of my clients and I got so much business just from that series of messages to every one of my clients asking me. And it doesn't always happen like this. It hasn't happened like that since this moment for me in particular anyway, but it was a windfall. I mean, I got so many clients from it that it was one of those moments in time that I've heard people say this before as trainers. And it sound, it's like trainer lore. It's like, this is the story of trainers that I've heard, but have never actually known somebody that's done this. I don't have any more time, any more schedule availability in my book. You are on a wait list and that wait list is X amount of months. What? Is that a made up story? <laughs> Who are these trainers? That was me for a while. Right? And I don't train as much anymore, so that's still me at, to this point, but it's not my purpose to spend my days training because I have my hands in other pots and I'm working on other projects. But finding people by asking for referrals. And then you need to be in front of people. Be in front of people. And I like to say be in front of people, particularly in your community. And if you can find a way or a means to do work in the community, not just in the gym, be present in the community. So speak at chapters of um, uh, the Elks Club or at networking events or um, the Diabetes Walk 
uh, walkathons and and just be there and lead the warm up or or give talks and lunch and learns at corporations. Be present within your community. Do your community work and show everyone in your circle how meaningful your work is to you. Because when you're interested in what you do, other people will be interested as well. I'll give you one more little nugget is uh, you may want to consider joining a networking group. And there are networking groups that are out there. And what they do is they might have um, uh, an accountant, so a CPA, and then they'll have an attorney in the group. And then they'll have um, a, a contractor in the group. And then maybe they have a personal trainer in the group. And they don't let any of those occupations repeat. So nobody else is in the group. This is just the group. And there's a different person that has a different job in the networking group. And so when you're part of that networking group, when the person who's a contractor meets somebody and they know that, oh, uh, I'm interested in personal training or in fitness or they're working on somebody's house and that's something that is very important to the person's house that you're doing contracting work on, they say, oh, you should meet my friend who's a personal trainer. I think you guys would really get along. Whether it builds business, whether or not you have now extended your circle because you've been connected with somebody else and maybe you get some business. So join a networking group. And this is just a small, small sample of some of the things that are out there and business questions like this all the time. So keep them coming. If you have questions for me about business, about fitness, about whatever, I mean, this is, this is a podcast for certified personal trainers. NASM, you know, we're, we want to help you with your education, but that education's got to turn into business. You can't just be a smart trainer. You need to be a working trainer. You need to be an application-based trainer and a results-based trainer, not just a smart trainer that can't make those applications or find a means to get the results. You got questions for me, ask those questions. And I'm gonna leave you a little story. It's a story I used to give at the end of all of my business um, uh, workshops that I would teach. And the story is this, that I would say in the group of people, how many people, if you knew that, let's say 50% of you, if we did a hike to Mount Everest, only 50% of you would survive. But, but at the top of Mount Everest, there's a box and you open up that box and it tells you all the secrets of success the secret of success for your business, for your life, for your relationships, on and on. How many people in this room, raise your hand, how many people in this room would dare to go with me to the top of Everest to see if we could get that box? And I had a lot of people raise their hand. And I'd say, look, look at it, raise your hands. 50% of you are gonna make it, that's it. You still feel comfortable with that? Everybody, I'm the strongest, I'm the fastest, I am the most endurance, I'm fit. I could do it and I can work. I'd work the hardest to make sure I was fit enough to go up that mountain. All right, so we get to the top of the mountain and we find the box and we open it up. And inside that box is part one of this podcast. <laughs> and 
or I would say, you know, this PowerPoint presentation, if I was doing that or here at this workshop. And people would be like, ah, boo. And I would say things like, it's not usually that people don't know. It's not that you don't know what to do. It's just you don't make the applications for it. Everything I said is really simple. You know why you don't do it? Because it's so simple. It's so simple, in fact, that you don't even think about it or you don't think it's significant enough to work. So why? Be nice to people. Meet people. Be interested in people. Find your meaning. Find your purpose. Don't put your discomforts on other people regarding money. Ask people for referrals. Be front of people. Be a part of your community. Show how meaningful your work is within the circle of people that you are with. Network. Be around people. Be significant. I think this is um, it's important to point out. It's important to point out. <sighs> Mount Everest. Well, anyway, uh, I hope this at least opened your eyes to some of the things that and maybe aren't open your eyes, but it's, it's some questions maybe that you had. It might be that you are a mentor uh, to personal trainers and you think, oh my goodness, this is just a good session uh, uh, um, podcast to send over to some of the people that are trainers that you work with or your manager. And you want to send this to some people that you work with. Should be like, hey, it's a good listen, something to think about. But be significant in what you do to you and your purpose and your meaning and why we got into this industry, not just why we got into it, but why we're staying with it because it means something to us. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And if you get an opportunity, um, drop me a line, rick.richie at nasm.org or DM me on Instagram at dr.rickrichie. And uh, thank you so much. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.